Hi, this is Angel Ramirez, host of the Angel and Harmony Show, and this is Our Future is Missing, Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 17-year-old Raymond Pierce, who is 5'11", weighing 160 pounds, with brown eyes and brown hair, and 18-year-old Jake Ziegler, who is white, 5 feet, 10 inches, 135 pounds, with blue eyes and brown hair. They are presumed possibly injured and missing from Denver, Colorado. They went missing on October 13, 2012. They are believed to be together. They may have traveled to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, in a green 2006 Pontiac G6 with North Carolina license plate number BDD8844. Raymond is biracial. He is white and Hispanic. Raymond's front tooth is chipped and he has a scar on his right hand, left leg, and arm. His ear is pierced. Raymond goes by the nickname Ray and Jake goes by the name of Ziggy. If you know of Raymond Pierce's or Jake Ziegler's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Raymond Pierce or Jake Ziegler, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage at Our Future is Missing or go to OurFutureIsMissing.com. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Did you know Purple Songs Can Fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Thank you, and welcome to the program, Purple Songs Can Fly, on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zach Tavlin. And I'm Emily Freeman. And today we will be talking with Dr. Dreyer, the medical director for the Long-Term Survivor Program. Welcome to the show today. Hi. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Good to have you. Yes, good to have you. So please, tell us about uh, the Passport to Care. The Passport for Care is an incredible internet-based tool that was developed here at Texas Children's that allows survivors of cancer to access their record anywhere they are in the whole entire world. But not only does it give them access to their record, it tells the doctor that they might have just dropped in to see one time what they need for follow-up. They might have had leukemia when they're 5, and now they're 35. And with the click of about three little mouse clicks, guidelines pop up that say, oh, you're 15 years post-leukemia therapy. You need this, this, and this done today. So they can actually get access to comprehensive survivor care, but they don't have to actually be here in Houston with us. Mm, That's right. really great. That's it's, great. It's an incredible model because what it really can be used for is the care for any chronically ill child who grows into adulthood, for sickle cell, for heart transplant kids, cystic fibrosis, any of those. It's a perfect model for that. And that is what we hope to roll out for the next generation of the Passport for Care to apply it to all kids growing up to transition into adulthood. Right. So can I ask how you got into medicine and more and also how you got into the long-term survivor program at Texas Children's Hospital? Well, I believe I got into medicine when I did my first few mouse grafts in about the sixth grade, and they weren't successful. No, I really, seriously, <laughs> seriously wanted to be a doctor from the time I was in about sixth grade, but had a very oh. traditional father who didn't think that was probably the best choice. But I did it anyway. In fact, I was just home in my little hometown of 2,000 people and met my high school biology teacher who was reminding me about my unsuccessful mouse graphs. Mm. So um, I got to medical school, did an elective, when you can pick what you want to do, did it in pediatric oncology, absolutely fell in love with it. I think everyone in pediatric oncology has probably their first patient that really hit them, and mine was a little girl named Rosa. And that was it. And I'm like, I knew I wanted to do oncology. Mm. And then right as I was finishing my fellowship, it was the very beginning of people starting to think about long-term survivorship and, and issues that could come up. It used to be you finish treatment, you say, it's been great to see you, come back and visit, you know, wave, say hi. But there was no real comprehensive care for survivors. So 
we started one of the first survivor programs right here at Texas Children's, and actually the original funding came from the Ronald McDonald House of Houston. Mm. So we are really lucky to have one of the biggest survivor programs in the country and probably one of the most sophisticated. And one of the things that's really different about ours is we don't have an upper age limit. So we have 50-year-old survivors coming to clinic. Oh, wow. And that's uh, wonderful. I, I'm a pediatrician. I don't see them. We have an <laughs> internist that sees them because <laughs> I'm like, just don't know that cholesterol stuff. Um, but anyway, so the program has really grown. And it's a wonderful, wonderful resource for our survivors. That's great. Well, what are some of the uh, issues that long-term survivors face? Well, it depends a little bit on diagnosis. There are certain things with certain diagnoses. Depends a lot on the treatment that you got. For example, if you have a group of medicines that are bright red, they look like Hawaiian punch called anthracyclines, it can affect your heart. So we have to monitor the heart long term. We have some of our drugs that can increase the risk of a secondary cancer. So, of course, we spend a lot of time educating kids and young adults, survivors, on avoidance of cancer causing behaviors like no tobacco, you know, care with drinking, avoid sun. And it, it's really widely varied. Um, Occasionally, we have a long-term survivor who pro- whose primary cancer comes back. And, of course, that's mm. a really tough situation. Right. But thankfully, overall childhood cancer cure rates are what? You guys tell me. I am not 100% sure. Let's guess. <laughs> Emily? Uh, I'll give 70%? you a guess. 70%? Very close. 80%. Wow. Overall, 80% wow. of children with cancer are cured, which is phenomenal. That is. In 1965, yes. only 5% of kids with leukemia, the common type, were cured. Now we cure 90% of kids with leukemia. That is awesome. Isn't that, that amazing? That is absolutely yes. incredible. That's awesome. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network and Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And our topic today is long-term uh, survivorship with Dr. Dreyer. And just in case you uh, don't know what Purple Songs Can Fly is, we are a charity located in the Texas Children's Hospital uh, Cancer and Hematology Center. And we allow children to write and record their own music in, in-house, and then we send it across the world. Uh, my songs have been to Top of Mount Everest, Bottom of the Ocean, uh, to the space station, on planes. It, it's a really wonderful program that works very closely with uh, survivors, their families, and that's why we wanted to interview you. So thank you very much again for being here. Yes. It's great. This is my life. This is my love. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think spawned that different approach to survivor care? Uh, you said in, in the uh, used to back in the day, they would just say, oh, you're well, so long, farewell, you know, come, come and visit. But what, well, what do you think changed? I think one of the things people began to see were kids were living long enough into young adulthood. And one of the very first late effects that they saw as an issue were in our bone tumor survivors. They would, the females would become pregnant and they would develop heart failure while they were pregnant. And people began to really look at that and think about that and realize it was related to this one particular category of drugs. And then looking back on that said, you know, if we were monitoring their hearts, we probably would have seen this as a possible problem and could intervene with heart medicines to protect them. Mm. So that was actually the, one of the very first things people looked at. And then it's just grown from there. I mean, we know so much more about the medicines now. We know so much more about survivorship. So, um, you know, we're really able to take a good quality of life and make it a superb quality of life because we don't want our survivors to have issues related to their primary cancer. We want life to go on and Going to be spectacular people. Right, right. And that's, I think that's a lot, lot of what survivorship in itself is, is really moving on and, and going forward, but also being aware of what you need to do and exactly. how to handle it. And what's ahead of you, yeah. So actually, Emily, you're, you're a survivor, right? Yes, yes. How uh, long have you been? Um, three years, I think. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Yes. Have you uh, encountered the long-term survivor program yet, or are you still not, before? Not yet, Okay. But um, I think I'm on my way. Yes, you are. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Dr. Dreyer, um, I've attended several events with you, um, and I have to say, you are the best-dressed doctor I know. Oh. <laughs> that is so, very I'm, true. I'm so glad I dressed up today. And i I, I got to ask, how many shoes do you have in your closet? I can't say that. Because my husband might hear this. Too many. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. But they all have high heels. Okay. Um, and if you didn't go, go into medicine, where would you um, might, might have gone? You know, I think career. I still would have done something in PR, something in talking, whether it was radio or TV or promotions. Because okay. 
I'm my father's daughter. I just guess I like to talk. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I know how you feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or P, three peas in a pod. Right. <laughs> so let's take a break. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you are listening to Voice America Kids and Purple Songs Can Fly. This song that we're going to play during our break is by Candice. It is called For These Dreams. America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. And I'm Emily Freeman. Along with Dr. Dreyer, the medical director for the Long-Term Cancer Survivor Program. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. Let's continue with our conversation about the Long-Term Survival Program. Uh, How old is the oldest child you're still following? We have uh, several in their late 40s, and we have one who just turned 50. Wow. Wow. And he... (laughs) was treated before I worked here. I just want you to know that. Um, (laughs) But it's really interesting because so many survivors go on and do incredible things 
because of their experience. And he actually has started a charitable program teaching kids to golf, childhood cancer patients wow. to golf. He's a big golfer. That's and that's wonderful. his way of giving back. And he now attends, just attended a big event with us. And it's pretty amazing. I'm a golfer myself, so I, I, well, I wholeheartedly support that program. That would be amazing. very serious about it. So, no, it's a wonderful thing. That's great. That's great. So um, I'm curious, what is the um, most dramatic change you've seen, um, like, in treatment for pediatric cancer? I think when I started, the focus was on cure rates. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot of consideration about delayed side effects or late side effects. And now, as, as things have evolved... When we write new treatment protocols, we, of course, want to focus on cure rate, but there's equal focus on avoiding late side effects. So we're learning to eliminate radiation therapy in some cases for some types of cancer that we used to use it for, Uh to reduce doses in other types of cancers where we think maybe we really don't need to use that much because the more radiation we use, the more side effects we have. Things like that really changing up the drugs. And now the new thing in the last few years, we actually are developing targeted agents. Those are monoclonal antibodies that attack just the cancer cells. Mm. So once we really perfect that, we'll get away with many fewer side effects. Those are really dramatic drugs. What do you think is the future of cancer treatment based on your experience? Well, the future should be that we are all put out of business because we cure 100% (laughs) of children. We're not quite there yet. Um, I see us getting much more involved in this targeted therapy and getting away from traditional drug therapy. And radiation therapy is a wonderful tool, and it really helps us cure a lot of children, but it is also our biggest enemy. Mm. So the the better we can do with the type of radiation, the more safe we can provide the radiation, that will be a, that's a huge goal. That targeted treatment sounds like it could be the answer for that as, as an issue. It is. It's, it really has been very good in some lymphomas. They're actually using it in some leukemias. Wow. Um, some adult cancers are actually using targeted therapy now. Mm. That's wonderful. It's exciting. It's really exciting. That's that is. That's like a new threshold of it is. cancer treatment. It is. We've right. got to use the old drugs as much as we can. So are you, are you from Houston originally? You I'm, talked about your small, small hometown, yeah, so I'm assuming I'm from, not. But. I'm from a small hometown in California of 2,000 people, okay. 2,085 Don't give a shout-out to your hometown? Yes, Strathmore, California. <laughs> we, right. got, we got our first stoplight about 10 years ago. Congratulations. It was, yes. it, was a big, it was a big moment, and everyone laughed because, really, why do we need a stoplight? <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's in the foothills in California, and I grew up on my dad's airport. So I was an airport girl, and all my friends were farmers. Wow. Makes you different. I was quite, yeah, I was quite different. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the Voice America Kids Network and Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And our topic today is long-term survivorship with Dr. Dreyer. So how did you become involved with Purple Songs Can Fly? I think that one of the most important things we do for the kids with cancer and blood disorders is to give them something fun to do. Mm. And when I went to the very first meeting with Anita and we sat and heard about this as an opportunity, I think we were all completely pumped up about it. I think I've been involved since the very beginning. But the more that we can do for kids that takes away any harsh memories they have of cancer, the better they will do long term. Yes. Um, I had a little girl with leukemia who walked in a few weeks ago and she's 13 and she had leukemia when she was four and her mother was very nervous the entire time. Little girl walked in, stood right by Purple Songs, held her mom's hand, looked around and said, all of my memories of leukemia are good ones. Well, you know, if you can do that, that is huge success. So that's our goal. And programs like Purple Songs make a huge difference for the kids and their families and their siblings. That is incredible. Right. That is incredible. I remember as a smaller child myself, when I went and I I entered the program, I remember seeing you there from day, almost day one. Uh, So, I mean, your support's been incredible. It's a little hard to find enough purple clothes to wear, though. That is. That is. And I would like to echo Emily's previous point of you are probably the best-dressed doctor that I've ever seen. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I just need some purple heels. I wish. I, sometimes I wish we had a TV show or like a little where we could show like an image or video. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> there are new exercise classes you can do in heels, so I think I might try one of those. You should. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, Zumba, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zumba and heels. <laughs> So I know you love to cruise in Alaska. Have you made cruise plans for this year? And I have not. We actually have a program now where we take teenagers who are cancer patients off therapy to Jackson Hole, and they go spend a week in Jackson Hole. So I think I'm going to go with the kids this year and, and hang out in Jackson with them. I'm not going to go sleep in a 
tent in the woods. I will sleep <laughs> in the house. I'm, but I'm, I'm letting them do the tent thing, but it's really an incredible program. So no cruise this year, but hopefully next year. It's my favorite thing to do. How'd you get into cruising? My dad took us when he was 88. My dad took my sis and me because our mom died years ago from cancer. Mm. And uh, we went with daddy and it was a fairly small boat and he was the oldest person on there and had quite the personality. So everywhere we went, the waiters, the singers, all the showgirls wanted to know what daddy wanted and what did daddy need. So everywhere we mm. went, it's like, okay, daddy, you sit here. Okay, daddy, <laughs> I'm having dinner with you. So it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful memory. So that got me started. May I ask what your sister does? She is the director of sales at a hotel in Dallas. Oh, okay. We're complete and total opposites. <laughs> uh, um, what type of cancer did your mother have? She had colon cancer. Mm. She was diagnosed when I was a medical student, and I remember it well because it was in the era where they thought if they gave you pain medicine, you would become addicted. It was horrible. Mm. But we finally got her to the big city, out of my little city, where they took good care of her. But it was not fun. Mm. That's but interesting how tough. medicine and perspective on it has totally changed. It's I mean, completely yes. different now. I've, I've, only been, I've only been treated for my uh, blood disorder during, I guess, this period of enlightened medicine. Where That's right. We look back and yeah. it seems so different. That's right. It's way different now than it was for the kids especially. So let's take a break. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you're listening to Voice America Kids and Purple Songs Can Fly. The song we're going to play during break is Techno Is My Lifeline by Joanne. Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Have we got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world? Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tablin. I'm Emily Freeman. Along with Dr. Dreyer, the medical director for the Long-Term Survivor Program at Texas Children's Hospital. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. Let's continue with our conversation about uh, Purple Songs Can Fly and how you became involved. Do you have a favorite Purple Song? I know it's hard to choose just one. I think two of my favorites. One is a little girl named Gracie, who did one of the original songs. Uh-huh. And every time I speak of it, it gets me all choked up. And she spoke about how pretty she was because she has her dad's beautiful eyes. Uh-huh. At the time, he was serving overseas and had had a really bad injury in the military. And uh, I just keep that image of her in my brain as that little girl. And, of course, now she's 15 years old and drop dead gorgeous with her beautiful eyes and her dad as well now, which is terrific. Oh, wow. So that's a, that's a huge memory for me. I remember and that song. It's a great song. It's a beautiful song. song. And the other song that I absolutely touches me every time is by a big boy named Stephen, uh-huh. who has a twin brother, who is just not a talker, but boy, can, <laughs> can he write a song. Oh. That's a, it's, actually it's, one of my favorites, too. I love that one. About his family and his mama. And so, you know, being a mama, <laughs> we like our boys right, to love us. So right. those are actually two of my favorites. I, actually, I will echo that as well. One of my favorites is a, stomp, a song by Steven. Uh, probably the same song, and uh, hopefully we'll play it one of these days. And, but that, that's, it really touched me to hear it. And yes. I really, really enjoy what Steven writes and how he plays. I also remember Gracie's song. That's an that's a absolutely wonderful song. Yeah, it's very moving. It yes. is. So we, uh, we talked about your home life as a child. And you mentioned briefly that your father had an airport. He did. And so how, how, how did that affect you today as, I guess, a child of the air? Um, you know, it was, it was really pretty special to be the only kid with an airport. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> my dad actually had a really exciting job. He invented the job of flying into the forest, which was here, Sequoia National Park in Yosemite, finding the forest fires, bringing these big old bombers in to put the forest fires out. They've actually made movies about this, but he really yeah. invented that of the lead plane. Um, but it was pretty serious business because the majority of his friends that flew the bombers got killed flying in the mountains because it's extremely dangerous. Mm. Oh. So we would drive up to the mountains, and Dad in his sort of dry way would say, you know, George is dead over there, and Tom's over there. Oh. He goes, but I'm fine. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my goodness. He used to tell us, he's just quite a character, he used to tell us that he wanted to die in the airplane or on the golf course. And my sister and I were like, Daddy, not the airplane. And so he actually died a couple years ago, almost 82, playing golf, having just hit a tremendous shot off the second tee. So you know what? That is a life well lived. That is. So I had a great, fun childhood with the crazy father and thankfully a very normal, sane mother. (laughs) Nice balance. You have to have that balance. (laughs) Well, we're we're, we're all a little crazy. Yeah, I think think (laughs) the longer you stay here, the crazier you get. Which is good. The good crazy. So when did you start working at Texas Children's Hospital? I came as an intern out of medical school in Northern California and was the laughing stock of my class coming to Texas. No. Northerners from California don't move to Texas, and now I look at all of them and laugh back because I'm in the best hospital in the world. That is very, very true. true. I will never leave here, and I probably will never retire, so... In one of the largest medical centers in the world. In in the largest medical center. You're exactly right. Largest children's cancer center and hematology center. So we are blessed to be here and work in this gorgeous, gorgeous facility and have... Just all these people that all they're here for are the kids. And I do tours all the time and 
we see the painters and we see the janitors and we see the people that park the cars and we see the nurses and every single person is here just for the kids. So mm. that's why it's such a fun, happy place. Amen. Even though dealing with some serious stuff. Yeah. And, and I've talked to you about this a little bit before, but not, not on the show, of course. Uh, how have you seen the hospital itself physically change over time? Oh, my gosh. When I started here, I thought it was magnificent. And it were those old rooms in Abercrombie, which are no longer considered to be magnificent when you go. Yes. <laughs> but I walked in there and said, oh, my goodness, they have wallpaper on the wall and they have oh, private wow. rooms. And I'm like, this is awesome. Now, my favorite part of the new hospital are each and every bathroom. Do you know why the bathrooms are so important in the patients' rooms? Why? Because each bathroom has a piece of art done on the tile by a child in the community. Oh, so wow. So I do all these tours, and a lot of the hospital people that have been here a long time don't actually even know that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we have to go in the bathroom, and they think I'm crazy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> They would never think that. No. No. <laughs> they no. do sometimes roll their eyes, but <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network and Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And our topic today is long term survivor care. So you kind of talked a little bit just there about kind of a community involvement in the hospital. Have you seen the same level of or any sort of community involvement in the long term survivor program? Absolutely. Houston is must be the most generous community in the nation. Mm. And we have so many support groups around the city and they support different things in different ways. And certainly the Periwinkle Foundation Mm. is one of our major supporters that supports a lot of the things we do. They support us with long-term survivor camps and family weekends, Mm. survivor retreats. Um, We have funding that we've had for years from the Ronald McDonald House of Houston, just a variety of different people that keep that program up and going. And one of the reasons a lot of places don't have survivor care is because they can't afford to use the exam rooms to see the survivors or because they don't have the financial support to keep the program going. So we are so lucky to have that here. And in addition to that, we have the wonderful Texas Children's Charity Care Program, mm. which helps us to take care of survivors who may not have just the best insurance or any insurance. Mm. Right. That's, that's a really critical need in our community. I'm so glad yes. it's filled. Right. Yes. And the charity committee or the charity care program is funded by the city, by generous supporters in the city, hmm. including former Texan kickers, Chris Brown. Wow. Ah. Wow. And see, I, I know a little bit about the, the camps you were talking about. I, I have been to Camp Yolo myself. Uh, do you want to talk about the summer camps and the kind of camps the, offered for the survivors? The camp programs that we have, this will be our 30th year of Camp Periwinkle. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I've been there for 20. This will be my 26th year, so I've been there forever. But um, we take 180 kids, patients, and siblings who have had cancer uh-huh. um, to camp for a week in a barrier-free camp called Camp for All. And at that camp, even if you had no arms and no legs, the way that camp is designed, you can do the high ropes just the same as you and I can do. Mm. So the camp is unbelievable, and the children come back so energized and so confident and so proud of themselves because they can do incredible things and things they thought they never could do. And I truly believe that that has a huge role in helping children be cured of their cancer because the better the attitude of the child, the better the tolerance for treatment. So Mm. I personally think that camp has a lot to do with curing every child we take care of. It does. It does. I I remember for for me as well... uh, when I went to Camp Yolo, I I hate heights, but I wanted to climb the rock wall and try to do the uh, zip line. I climbed the rock wall, made it to the top, couldn't do the zip line, but uh, uh, that was just because my fear got to me at that point. But right, it was. I, did, I just really want you to know, I did the pamper pole, which is scary. Yes. Scared it right out of me, but I was then I was a counselor, so I kind of like had to have all these teenage girls to impress. I was terrified, but I felt so good that I did it. Uh, I've not repeated that performance, but I ha- once was enough. Uh, so, Emily, you're going next, okay? Oh, yes, yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. I've heard nothing but great things about, about the pamper the camp. pole. <laughs> <But> no, <laughs> about the camps and everything, so definitely have to So, go. we've got you now on radio yes, saying yes. you're going to yeah. yell. Yep. <laughs> so, let's take a break. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And this song is called Stars by Stephanie. Stop. 
care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example kids safe mother approved you're listening to voice america kids you are listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Taplin. I'm Emily Freeman. Along with Dr. Dreyer, the medical director for the Long-Term Survivor Program, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. So let's continue with our conversation about long-term survivorship. What would you say is the average uh, number of years that separates long-term survivors from their cancer in your program at the moment? What we usually say is we like kids to be about four to five years after completion of their treatment, and then they become a member of the long-term survivor program. That's when they transition Mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then once they're in the long-term survivor program, we usually see them just once a year. Some kids will see, will certainly offer about 10 years after they joined to see them once every two years, but those that are into it love to come back because it's quite social too. You know, they see all their old doctors, their old nurses, everybody hugs and kisses them. Right. We recognize the parents. We almost never recognize the kids as they grow up because <laughs> many of them look so different. Yes. They come in with their own kids. Remember you saw me when I was 12. I, I hopefully look different now. I'm not 100% uh, sure. Yeah, you do. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a, a survivor that came the other day who was 28, who's a nurse, male nurse. Um, his little daughter was getting her ear tubes done in the operating room downstairs, and we were chatting. And this is a boy that was treated before we had sedation for procedures. So oh, we wow. used to do bone marrow tests and spinal taps with nothing, not pleasant experiences. And he said to me, I get the funniest feeling when I drive by the medical center. And I'm like, you know, shock and fear. He goes, no, I feel like I'm going to Disney World. I am not kidding. <laughs> he had such good memories of his experience here. And he was in the era before we had sedation. So I'm just like, oh, my goodness. No when, wonder you went into medicine. When was this era? <laughs> It was, we started using sedation probably 12 years ago, 12, 14 years ago. Wow, that, that soon? Yeah, yeah, I mean, recent, fairly recently. Wow. And I, I mean, it used to be just tough, and you'd have a little three- or four-year-old patient with leukemia, and they'd hop up on that table, and we'd do their spinal tap, and they would just sit there. Wow. And I, I had one girl that had leukemia. She was a teenager, and she loved George Strait. And her coping mechanism when she would get bone marrow tests, which were every two months in those days, mm. and those are nasty, she would just say, George Strait, George Strait, George Strait, the whole time we did her test. And that was her coping mechanism to get through that mm. horrible thing we were doing to her. But thankfully, mm. now they love their test because they get two drugs that make them high. <laughs> <laughs> They're happy campers. I, uh, I had a bone marrow test when they first diagnosed me just to make sure nothing was there. I, I came back clean, but... The uh, I don't remember my experience very much. I remember waking up hazily later a little bit, but I don't remember my experience much. Yeah. I can, so you, I can you speak can, to the effectiveness of You can be of happy sedation. that you're in the era of sedation. I can. I can be very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, by the way, listeners, if you would like to email the show, please send it to voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Uh, make sure you mention our names, Zach Tavlin. And Emily. 
and mention the show Purple Songs Can Fly. Share some of your thoughts or ask a question, and we'll try to answer it on the air. So we also, a little bit earlier when I was first talking to you, kind of talked about your transition from being, you know, daughter of a air, of pilot to doctor, and you said that it was mostly due to your very first patient. What 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 was your experience with your first patient, Rosa? I believe Rosa. Right? She had yeah. leukemia, and she was a little tiny girl, about seven years old. And this was a long time ago, and she actually didn't survive her leukemia. Mm. Mm. But I remember her so well. Her I remember her name. Um, but she was just a little bitty girl, and I watched her fight this really tough battle and. Although she didn't win in the end, she was a huge inspiration to me. Mm. And uh, that really got my interest in oncology peaked. So mm. never changed since that time. Mm. So would you say that she is an inspiration for you going forward? In oh, absolutely. Care? Absolutely. And, of course, as time has gone on, I've gotten to know so many incredibly inspirational kids that, you know, you may have your own problems at home and you walk in the door of the clinic and all of those problems become minuscule because you see what the kids are going through. And exactly. it really doesn't matter that somebody just stole your car because these kids are fighting for their lives and they're doing it with a smile on their face. So it's a hugely inspirational job that we all have and really gives us meaning in life. I think you talked a little bit about in the 60s, the survivor rate was 5% for childhood 5% leukemia. 5% for and childhood leukemia. And now it's 80% or something? It's right? 90% probably 90. overall for acute lymphoid leukemia, the most common cancer that we treat. It, it is phenomenal, and that's wow. because most kids are entered on these research protocols that we do, that we work with many other institutions to develop research trials that we can ask and answer research questions so we quickly know what works the best. And most adults are not on research trials. Kids, probably 85% of them are, and it's, it's a huge... I mean, it's the pediatric oncology is such a model disease for moving forward mm. in your treatments and your cur- curates. And how, how would you say, I'm not 100% sure if you have personally worked with this, but I know that you've probably talked to and met, um, I guess, ad- adult oncologists, but how would you right. say pediatric oncology is different from uh, adult oncology? You know, the patients are just so different. Children are so resilient and we can do really terrible things to them. We can do bone mm. marrow tests to them. We can do spinal taps. We can give them incredibly aggressive chemotherapy, and they're like bouncing out of bed wanting to go to the baseball game that night. Mm. You know, adults just are not as strong emotionally or physically. Mm. And I, I would find it challenging to work with adult cancer patients. Um, of course, most of my adult oncology friends are completely freaked out at the thought of taking care of a child with cancer. So it's mm. good we each do our own thing. Right. That is. What would you say that different perspective comes from? You know, I think children frighten adult doctors, as we call them. We call them adult docs that take care, that <laughs> right. take care of adults, which I guess makes sense. Um, I think they're just terrified of kids. And for me, I think children are so resilient, and, and adults tend to be a, quite a bit whinier and complaining and <laughs> uh, don't necessarily have such have, a, have you ever dealt with me? Um, <laughs> only with a smile on your face. But uh, <laughs> I, just, I think adults can just be a much bigger challenge to work with. Not all of them by any means, but... You know, of course, they have a lot more on their plate. They're usually typically parents or spouses, and they're working, and they're trying to deal with cancer. And it is a completely different world for them. But mm. I'm sticking with my kids. Yeah. All right. if, if you could say one thing to children going forward and thinking about long-term, being a long-term survivor, uh, what would you tell them? I would tell them they pretty much can do whatever they want with their life. And you can see that every day with all of our survivors. They are so mm. much more mature than other kids their age, and they just go out there and they kick butt and they become doctors and nurses and lawyers and moms and dads and actors and actresses everything they have no limitations that that's 100 percent true in my experience I've, I've seen it with uh children i've known mm, be- yes. be- from before from the time before and the age of me being 12 and seeing them now it's incredible so thank you so much for coming to talk with us today. It was absolutely wonderful getting to talk to you and find out so much about the Long-Term Survivor Program. I'm, yes. I'm, I am incredibly happy that there are people like you working to ensure that going forward, uh, children have the support that they need to really grow into adults. And, yes, and definitely people. blessed to have Good. you. Well, it's been great to tell the stories, and you probably know more childhood cancer survivors out there than you actually realize you do out there to all those kids listening to this. That's very true. Yep. You've been listening to Purple Songs Can Fly and Dr. Dreyer. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. This last song we want to play is by Stephanie. It's called Dream. And actually, she is in her fourth year as a college, in, in, in college, as a music major. Uh, so this is a shout out to Stephanie in Puerto Rico. You have to believe in yourself. 
Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. 
It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. <laughs> 